Welcome to the Mapped Out Money podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 39. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. This is another podcast that we host, except for it's daily. And it's normally somewhere between, I don't know, 60 and 90 seconds long, maybe a little bit longer sometimes. But the idea is to give you some short, quick tips about how to get ahead with your money. So if you're curious about that, you can check that out. Just search for Mapped Out Money Minute in your favorite podcast player. I can honestly say that I'm excited to be recording again, but I feel rusty. Do you feel rusty? I feel really rusty. For good reason. It's been a... It's been a hot minute. Too long. Yep. Um, so we wanted to start off this episode by thanking everybody who reached out and said that they missed the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're back. So to all three of you... That's right. <laughs> ...who emailed us, uh, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, actually, we appreciate every single one of you. Yep, we do. It means a lot. And um, Christopher, I won't say his last name in case he's like, I don't want people to know I listen no, to but, you Okay, hold on. Let me read part of his email, too, because okay. it was awesome. Okay. He, he sent an email just saying that he, you know, was missing the podcast and wanted someone to know that, or wanted us to know that someone was missing the podcast. And he even said, um, he gave us some topic ideas and said, in case we were running out of ideas. And he said, here they are. Uh, first off, one is, a house has a ton more work than an Airstream, which is absolutely Preach, yes. true. Uh, two is separating your money from your self-worth. I think that's a really good one, and we should probably add that to our list. My third one is my favorite one, and it was uh, his name is probably the best guy ever. So, um, And Christopher, we do think you're the best guy we ever. We think you're the best guy ever. So thanks for sending that email, and uh, we'll probably try to use some of those topics <laughs> as we go forward. So we wanted to dive into a little bit of what has been happening in the true household. And none of these, this is just life. None of these are excuses for why we haven't yeah. published. Uh, we just kind of wanted you to know what we've been up to since yeah. we've been uh, on a hiatus, an unplanned total, hiatus. Total hiatus. Yeah. It's been a mixture of things. It's um, We can get in one by one. So let, let's just give like a quick house update. So obviously going back to even what Christopher said, um, we have been starting, a not finishing, a lot of stuff on the house. But we have been starting all of the house projects. Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we knew, in some ways, like oh, this is gonna be a lot of work. But I do think we underestimated certain aspects of it. Like it's turned out to be um, slower than I think we thought. In yeah, some ways, I agree with that. Nick and I talk about this a lot, though. Like we have a, I think, a healthy level of delusion. That you have, you gets have, us to sign up for things. Yeah, you have to have some level of delusion um, in order to do things that are a little bit outside the ordinary. Yeah, and so what I mean is like when we bought the Airstream and renovated the Airstream, we like came up with our plan of everything we wanted to do and we're like, yeah, two weekends. We can knock that out. Yeah, no big deal. More like, what was it, nine months it of work? A, yeah, a lot of months. It was, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's just our pattern. We're like, yeah, we can knock that out and couple hours. Well, and so like, you know, I think we were actually still podcasting at this point. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we first bought the house, our goal was, I think we can have your parents down to visit us and we'll knock out painting the outside of the house in a week. I know. I'm so cute. That um, was a cute idea. You know, and so we're still working on painting the outside of the house. And part of that. Has, our neighbors tell us it's moving very quickly. Yeah, though. they think God they say them. we're moving quickly. <laughs> That's very nice of them. 
Um, but it's just been, you know, this is the first time we've ever done something like this. And so there's a lot of things that if we were more experienced, we probably would have known, oh, before you paint the outside of the house, you're going to want to do X, Y, and Z things around the exterior as far as a landscaping goes to get those out of the way, to get you better access, to not have mud sling up on your new paint, right? To do all these different things. So we've basically started a bunch of things. And then every time we've started something, we've had another thing around the house that sort of realizes, ooh, we should probably tackle that first. Yeah. Which is why we've um, just sort of taken longer than we expected on some of these projects. Yeah. Uh, Which kind of leads into we are constantly reassessing our priorities yes, and reordering how we're doing things. Yep. You know, where the finances come into play, it's a constant um, re-looking at the budget, reallocating of dollars, and and sort of saying, okay, um, we really need to buy some more pavers mm-hmm. in order to finish this landscaping bed before we finish the paint. So the money that we thought we were going to set aside for maybe the living room or the office or something like that, we need to wait on that project, shift that money over here to the pavers, and then we'll try to maybe tackle the living room or the office, you know, a month or two from now. Yeah. So it's, it's a constant reassessing of what makes the most sense. We, we still have our big vision of where we're trying to go with this house, but the order of operations, I think, is a constantly in flux in some ways. Yep. It's been a, a very good exercise in patience and flexibility. Yeah. Well, and you know, like what, um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had the termite inspection. Mm -hmm. So, uh, annual termite inspection guy comes out, looks over everything. We got a stellar report all except for one thing. (laughs) And, uh, he had, he had crawled up under the house. Um, and there were some, there was some dampness, uh, on the wood underneath right where the guest bathroom is. Not just dampness. There's I mean, there's wood rot and, and water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's um, the inspection that we got before the house, before we bought the house, didn't catch that. Um, likely because the house hadn't really been lived in for a few months. Yeah. So there was no one using that bathroom on a regular basis. And that bathroom is actually the the guest bathroom is the bigger of the two bathrooms. And the uh, believe it or not, the master shower is actually smaller than our Airstream shower. It's like significantly it's small. It's really small. And so like I have to duck and do all kinds of craziness. So we actually use the guest bath um, like our master. Yeah. And so, well, we just found out, okay, crap, we've got a leak somewhere. And so now we need to pause what we were doing and figure out can what we, has to be you done know what to has to be that. done can we do a band-aid on this does it have you know how how involved how does involved this have to is go this gonna to go? Yes. address the issue yeah. so it's just it's just a constant uh reassessing re- renegotiating <laughs> um our budget um to figure out what makes the most sense to attack next and also within that is trying to find the groove of you know we obviously work from home mm-hmm. um so working from home in a house that's pretty much a wreck everywhere yeah. and is going to be that way for a little while and just learning to be okay with that. Um, and also, you know, carving out those defined times of, okay, right now we're working on business work mm-hmm. that we get paid to do. And now we're working on housework that we pay to do. Yes. Um, and finding the balance between those things, which is, which is hard. And uh, just goes back to 
what Christopher said, a house is a heck of a lot more work than an airstream. It's a lot more work than an airstream. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the big thing, um, I think, that has caused us to fall off the, the podcasting train. Yeah, I think we've just been trying to find our groove. Yeah, just really trying to find the groove. And we've had a lot of visiting family mm-hmm. in there for the holidays and, and just for fun. Yeah. And um, we also had to unexpectedly say goodbye to one of our kitties. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we'll it's both sad. start crying again. But um, yeah, we found out uh, pretty unexpectedly on... Super unexpectedly. New, New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our six-year-old cat, we, we thought we were going to, he was the first cat we got actually, um, he was the first pet Hannah and I got together. Yeah. I already um, had Kron. Hannah brought a cat, older cat into yeah. our marriage, but then we, we got this kitten um, after about a year of being married and he had... Uh, turned out he had, he had cancer, intestinal cancer, and he was fine one day, and then just not just fine a the couple next. days, yeah. So, so um, there was not much we could do. Luckily for him, it was very quick, so he didn't have a long, drawn out, you know, painful um, thing. But needless to say, it took us, and um, it took our, the rest of our pets too. Like really by surprise, they've had they had a hard time. Yeah. Um. So that honestly, yeah, our two cats especially were like yeah. super super close, and also Scout, our bigger dog, was real and close. O'Malley, our our cat that died. Like, oh man, they were always playing together. So so we we found hard. that out on New Year's Eve, and um, and we, I do want to say that we got like like a really great a couple of really great yeah, we got, nights and like yep. a day of just enjoying just him hanging out and, and chilling, treating him like a king. Yep. So and then um. So that kind of wrecked. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that kind of wrecked the first couple of weeks of the year. It did. I know that not everybody can relate to that, but like our animals are like our kids and we spend so much time with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're with us constantly. Yeah. So it's, it is, um, we thought we had a lot more time. We had a lot more time. Yeah. We thought we had a lot more time and it, um, it really threw off, I think, the whole first part of the year, which is always good to remember in life. Like we don't, we don't, we never yeah. know. So. We never know. So, um, so that happened, and then, uh, <laughs> like a week later? Oh, yeah. So a stray cat, a stray my cat. grandma lives, like, out in the country. Yeah. And a stray cat showed up at her house and was literally, like, running inside the house yep. and crawling up in her windows and crying, like, wanting inside. He kind of... Which was really unusual. We see stray cats out there all the time, but normally they won't really Not have like much that. to do. Yeah, with he's you. super lovey, and my aunts were there. Your aunts were there. We and, got a text. Yeah, and so they knew that our cat had just died, and so they texted us to see if we would be interested in this cat. And so the and a, uh, a day long story this, longer. What are, what are you saying? A day before this, we had just talked about like we were just not ready to get a. You know, we were not even going to yeah. look for another pet right now. Yep. So then this cat shows up. Yeah. My aunts think of us. My parents just so happen to be going through town. So we're like, crap. Yeah, I guess we want the cat. And we know a really good vet close to my grandma's house. So my parents took this kitty that we had never met to the vet for us. And he wasn't microchipped. He hadn't been neutered or anything. And he's the vet said he's like a little over a year old, he thinks. So, so we got all this stuff taken care of and before we even met him. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, then we made a separate trip. It down felt like him. O'Malley sent him to us though. Yeah, it did. And he looks a lot like O'Malley. He does. So. Um, he's, um, he's got a little Tesla T on his back, like right below his neck. It kind of looks like the Tesla symbol. 
Um, so we've named him Elon Meowsk, uh, <laughs> which we thought was funny. And um, it's been good. He's given Scout someone to play with. Um, I think he's keeping Kronk. He's young. keeping Kronk young. He's yeah. keeping Kronk a lot of company. So, so he's you know um, I've had him for what maybe a month and a half now. Yeah. So we're suckers. We're suckers. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically the point of the story. All right. Um, um, the other oh the other thing I wanted to say that kept us really busy is January is a really busy time for the business. Oh so yeah. So mm-hmm. for for those of you who just listen to the podcast or just watch the YouTube channel, if you don't know the way we make. Most of our money comes from I do one-on-one budget coaching, and then we host um, five-week intensive group coaching classes. And January is always a very busy time because people are sort of New Year's resolution. They're ready to get their sort of money in order. So my one-on-one coaching is a lot during that time. And then we launched a group class, and that ran for the first five weeks of January. And so between the house, between trying to find our groove, between everything going on with our pets, um, and then the classes, like all YouTube content, all podcast content just came to a screeching halt is basically the sort of what's been going on. Yeah. Nick says we, I do some of the pre-work and some of the behind the scenes stuff for him, but the classes are you. Yeah. Well, it's still a team effort. (laughs) I'm here for moral support. Um, so all that is kind of what's been going on here. And I think in a lot of ways, it feels like nothing has really been going on and everything's been going on. Like, if that makes any sense, like, it feels like we've had a lot of stuff happening, but it kind of all feels not very monumental. It was a blur. Yeah. 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 A blur. That I guess that's a good way of putting it. Like, it yeah. just, like, I can't believe it's already almost March. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But, um... We wanted this episode to be more <laughs> than uh, about more than just us floundering every day. Yes, in the past few months. So try and give you something actionable that maybe can help you. Um, yeah, that we've been thinking a lot about. And so as we were kind of reflecting back on the past few months and kind of the things that have been hard for us to navigate, we identified, um, I guess, uncertainty is one of the big things that's been weighing on us Hmm. and I think making us work less efficiently because we are uncertain about things, which makes us stressed. And, um, you know, you just don't work as well as you usually do. So I think like with COVID, we can all relate to that base level of uncertainty. And then if you add anything else on top of it, which we all have other things in our life because... We're all human, and that's just the nature of life. Um, it just it makes everything feel exponentially more stressful. Yeah, I think. Yep. So identifying that, and then trying to think about things that could help us work through that, so that the next two months of the year aren't like the previous two. I guess. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. No, that's fair. I think. I think uncertainty is the key word. Um, yeah. We have we feel in some ways um, like we have a lot of certainty about the next little bit, but in other ways, there's a ton of uncertainty. And one of the things that I've kept coming back to is this concept of the circle of concern versus the circle of uh, circle of control. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before or not, but um, the basic idea is if you were to draw a circle and then just put everything that you're concerned about, so everything that consumes your mind on a daily basis uh, that you're concerned about or worried about or thinking about, um, 
go ahead and do that. So if you, you know, you don't have to do this literally while you're listening to this, but do it in your mind for sort of a practical example. Think of some things. So this is everything from the political state of the country to your job, to your finances, to how your kids are doing, to the school situation, to what your grandparents are up to or your pets or literally everything in your life. You just brainstorm it all. For us, some of the stuff that ours would be in the circle of concern would be the things we just mentioned. This house, the business, our work, our balance, our health, our pets, family, all that. Then what you do is you take a, uh, a pen or a pencil and you make a smaller circle inside of the big one. And you just circle the stuff that you have control over. Things that you can sort of directly impact. And it's going to be a much smaller circle. Because there's a lot of stuff that we're worried about or concerned about that actually have very, uh, that, that we actually have very little control over. And so, like, I can let myself get really stressed out and worked up if I spend too much time on Twitter. And most of the time, that stuff that I'm letting myself get worked up about, I have no impact or no control over at all. And so, the purpose of this little exercise is to recognize that. It's not very practical or helpful to spend time thinking and worrying about the stuff that's in the circle of concern, but not in the circle of control. And so when we first started talking about this episode and talking about what Nick just said, I feel like I hear that all the time, Mm -hmm. but that there's a gap for me, like, okay, yeah, focus on the things you can control. But then I still find myself like falling back into that pattern of worrying about all these things that are outside my control. And I, I've really never heard it broken down into like clear, I guess, action steps to actually help you focus yeah. on the things that you can control. And by accident, I was outside painting and had been listening to some Gabby Reese podcast. And um, one of her more recent ones, and let me, give me just a second. I'm going to look up the podcast episode number. number. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know the episode number, but it's the Gabby Reese show, Skill Versus Attribute with former Navy SEAL Rich Davini. I think is how he says his name. So anyway, so I just so happened to listen to this podcast and I felt like he filled in this gap for me. Here's kind of what he talked about and his is what's helping me kind of get over my my rut of overwhelm that I've been feeling with just everything changing in our life and everything that feels really uncertain. He said, uncertainty is all about a lack of control. And dealing with uncertainty is all about asking yourself, what can I control? By asking that question, we can see that there are three aspects of uncertainty. One is duration, so how long is this going to last? Two is pathway, what's my pathway out of or through this? And three is outcome, what's at the end? If we don't know the answer to one or more of those questions, then stress starts to set in. And the way to deal with that is to add certainty to as many of those three factors as possible. So the example that he gives in that podcast is that in SEAL training, they had to carry boats that were like 300 pounds over their heads for hours. And he had no idea how long they were going to have to do that for. And he didn't know the pathway out. And he didn't know the outcome because he didn't know what was going to happen after they finished that. So to deal with that whole situation, he started chunking his environment is what he called it. So, um, 
he started looking at berms, which are basically, we kind of looked it up, and that basically just like... It's like the... the I, like I, a raised spot. It's a raised spot on in the like... Ground or in water. Yeah, on, on, on land. They were they would make it to that next berm, like make it to that next raised spot. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of a landmark for him. So he started saying, okay, I just have to make it to the next berm. And so mentally, he's established certainty and duration. He's got to go to the next berm. Mm -hmm. He's established the pathway from where he currently is to the next berm. And he's established the outcome to the next berm, the end of the berm. Yep. So when when he gets there, that's where he's going to be. He'll throw the boat over his head, but like he knows I'll be at the end of the berm. Yep. You can look at that and go, well, why would that help you that much? Okay, you made it to one berm, and now you've got to make it to another berm. But you still have to – it's not like you actually get to stop at that berm. So the important part is that mentally you're giving yourself like a solid goal that you're getting to. And so when you get there, your brain releases dopamine, and you get that dopamine reward, which helps power you through to the next berm. It it really is just playing off of human psychology, which Mm -hmm. at its core, like, we're very basic creatures, right? Like, we we just want to have the dopamine hits. And in this case, whenever we get to, like, check the box, or we have some sort of certainty, like, oh, I just do this thing, check that, boom. Now it, like, it feels good. feels like we've accomplished something. Yeah. So... For for our little example, like, obviously, working on a house and, like, painting a house, that is no hardship at all whatsoever. Like, that's that's a privilege to get to do that. Totally. And we're super blessed to be able to work on it. I have felt overwhelmed trying to work on it, though. And it, especially on the outside, has felt like the project that will never end because it was like, okay, we need to pressure wash the outside to get it ready to paint. But our house is old, and so there's a lot of, like, paint chipping off, and there's wood that needs to be repaired, like wood putty and stuff. And um, we had mortar that needed to be repaired and all these different things. So you add that into the process. And so then by the time we've gotten parts, like, scraped and caulked and actually primed and ready to paint, then it's like, gosh, we almost need to go back and, like, rewash this it's like dirty again and and then um you know there's just touch up paint after you get it feels just like there's always going to be something else to it and so it does it does start to like overwhelm you and kind of make you not very motivated to work on it or at least that's how it's made me feel and so I've been trying to get much more intentional because the other part of it is, you know, you need more than one coat of paint. Mm -hmm. And so even when you're working on it, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is just the first coat of paint on this part. And I still have to do the trim and I still have to do the siding and I still have to do this and I still have to do that. And I still have to do like two to three coats of all of that. Um, So getting much more intentional about, okay, I'm not going to worry about all that because I don't know how long all that is going to take. And that's okay, But I do know that I have to paint one coat of green on the front of the house. And so that's my goal this week. I'm going to get one solid coat of green on everywhere where the green goes on the front of the house. And once I get there, I've accomplished what I set out to accomplish and I can get that dopamine hit. Yep. And I, and so that I've given myself like the duration and the outcome yep. like this week in the front of the house will be painted Yep. and, and I can like, and you know the that. pathway, which is like paint from left to right. Yep. The front of the house. Yep. That's what you do. Yep. You just, how did, how did he phrase it? You you add certainty to those three factors as best you can, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I do that. And then 
I'll think about the next coat that needs mm-hmm. to go on. So really trying to hone in on like the next step and give myself those markers that will help me get the dopamine hits. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like, you know, in, in marriage, um, you sort of tag team things, right? So one person tends to lead, uh, certain things and the other person tends to lead other things. So like with me, uh, with our marriage, I tend to take sort of the first, uh, approach or first cut, if you will, at our budgeting, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then I come to you and say, here's kind of what I'm thinking. Here's where we're at with the finances. And you sort of will add your input and, and help me massage it. And so I'm looking at our house project and I can get overwhelmed with all the things that like we have. Because we went from an Airstream, 180 square feet to 1,800 square foot. So like we need not only everything to fix the house, but also like furniture. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything. And so I can get overwhelmed with like the sheer amount of money that we may spend on this house over the next three to five years. And it can be extremely overwhelming if I'm trying to focus on all that because I can't control all of that right now. What I can control is, okay, we pay ourselves a set amount every month. So I know what's coming in and I know how much it costs us to normally live our life. So I know what we're working with. And if I can just chunk and focus on, okay, what can we accomplish this month with this amount of money and what will make the biggest impact next for whatever it is we're sort yeah. of focused on. And I'll worry about next month, next month. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of, of, of that. Um, it's even like, um, is it the Lord's prayer? Where they talk about that. Like, um, Lord, give us this day, our daily bread. Yeah. Like it's not about give us tomorrow's bread. It's like, no, you don't need tomorrow's bread. Like, Focus on today. Focus on today. Yeah. And so there's a there's a lot of that that we've been doing and we're ho- trying hoping. To do. Trying yeah, we're to do. we're trying to do. That's a better <laughs> way to say it. <laughs> that we've been trying to do. Um and we're hopeful that this discussion maybe is has been helpful for you and whatever uncertainty that, that you're facing in your life. And I, I think too recognizing um that in order to break things down that way and think logically about what's in your control you have to calm down. Yeah. And so if you're if you're coming in hot like and just charged with being overwhelmed and stressed out and all that stuff like go exercise, go for a walk, read a book, do something to, you know, separate yourself a little bit. Like what does Jocko say? Uh detach. Detach, that's right. Um so detach from the situation a little bit so that you can come back with a a clear mind. Yeah. What's that saying? Um clear eyes. Are you talking about the Friday Night Lights yes, thing? Oh my gosh! That? I don't know. Anyway. Clear eyes, full heart, something like that. Yep, we've never even watched that show. Oh, you still know that? Yeah. No, right. but legit. Um, the the um, sometimes you need to exercise just to get it out. Like I feel like there have been a couple of nights where um, I was like, "Look, I need to go play frisbee." Yeah. Uh, because I just need to run around a, a big field. Like, and I was all like, out. "Look, I need to not go play frisbee." <laughs> <laughs> and and de stress. Uh, and calm down and uh, and then come back with a, a clear mind and full heart. Yeah. So I guess what I'm, I guess the point is just, you know, if you're crazy overwhelmed and you're you're like, I can't even figure out what's in my control. Like, it's okay. Figure out what can calm you down a little bit and then come back to come it. Come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of house stuff and things being expensive and thinking about all the things that we need to buy, I need to talk about stuff we stuff like. Stuff we like. <laughs> Okay, 
So my stuff we like this week is perfectly tied into what Nick said with things being expensive and us having to buy all the things because we do not have very much furniture because we sold a bunch of stuff before we lived in our RV. And so we've been accumulating certain items, but mainly we bought like a couch. And a fridge. And what? And a fridge. Yeah, and a fridge. Those are like our main purchases (laughs) right now. And oh my gosh, it took us forever to get that to get those like things were back ordered. Then things came and they were damaged. Then we had to send them back and then we had to find something else that wasn't back ordered. Yeah, it was fun. But anyways, so other than those two items, we're sitting on folding chairs and working on folding tables and our house is furnished like that. Like that. (laughs) Um, And four folding tables, one in the kitchen, one in the living room. A couple in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, there's a thrift store down the road from our house, and it's right beside the Ace Hardware store. So I had to go to Ace one day, and I decided to randomly walk through this little teeny tiny thrift store just for fun. And it has a surprising amount of furniture in there. So I was walking through, and there was a pink club chair super dated has the little um skirt thing around the bottom of it and they had a big red sign on it that said $15 must sell okay so I looked at it at first and and you said $15 must have pretty much (laughs) except for I didn't at first okay I looked at it and I was like I'm not gonna buy that right now because I'm not sure where I want to use it. Like, I'm just, I don't know. So I go back out to the car and I sit there for a second and I'm just thinking about this chair. And I'm like, but I do, it's like club chair with a rounded back and it's like kind of a smaller chair. So it's like my size, like I'm shorty. It, I liked it. It was comfortable when I sat in it. It didn't smell bad. It's not like a gross thrift store chair. It's actually in good shape. Um, it was just a little dated looking. So then I start Googling like updating club chairs and there's all these people talking about how easy it is to just pull the skirt off the bottom of the chair. It's just stapled on. It's like a completely separate piece of fabric and how a lot of those chairs have wooden legs. So I'm like, I got to go back in and look at this chair. So I go back in, I get in the floor, I'm looking at like the legs of the chair and sure enough, (laughs) it's got wooden legs on it. So long story short, I buy the chair I spent 10 minutes like taking the skirt off of it. And now I feel like we have a super cute yeah, looks club great. chair. Yep. And I'm going to add like a little piece of trim around where the skirt was because like the fabric is kind of colored a little bit differently because it's faded on other parts of the chair. And then that part that's been covered by the skirt isn't faded. But add a little accent trim that'll take care of that. And then I'm so thrifty that I found a $100 pillow that I just love to go in my $50 chair. So that's on my list of things to buy later. But One I mean, day. come on now. Hey, little kitty loves that chair. He does love that he chair. Chills he would love it even more with that $100 pillow. With that $100 pillow, pillow for him to sit on? Yep. Probably. So someday. But so that's, you look at the overall $115 for a chair. It's not too bad. That's pretty dang good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's right. So that's what Hannah's been liking. Yep. Thrift stores. And club chairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to, to wrap up today's episode, um, we actually would love to get some feedback from you. We've been doing this podcast now for about 10 months. This is um, episode 39, so we're almost at 40. Is that counting our hiatus or not counting the 10 months? Uh, no, I think that does count the month and a half off. That's kind of cheating a little bit, but well, it's okay. a slide. So, you know, we've done nearly 40 episodes. How's that? Okay. Um, 
We'd love to hear from you what's helpful. We really want to find a balance of us doing stuff like this. Like we know today's episode was a little bit more meandering, a little bit more conversational, um, but we want to also provide a lot of value to you and and give you some structured content and tips and like helpful stuff to actually take charge of your finances and um, and use your finances to live the life that you love. So we really would love to hear from you about what would be helpful. So if you have any topics that you would like for us to talk about, um, if there's anything we've talked about in the past that you would love to hear more of, um, and then do you, you know, do you like the stuff we like segment? Do you like when we've talked about curious questions? Um, What's your sort of level of tolerance, I guess, for tips and tricks and helpful stuff versus us just sort of talking about um, what's going on and meandering through a topic? Basically, any and all feedback about what you'd love to hear on the show, we really would love to hear from you. You can just email us. Um, my email is nick at mappedoutmoney.com. Please send us an email. We'd really, really love to hear from you, and we would appreciate the feedback. Do you all have right. anything to add? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Are you good? I'm good. Sweet. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back with a more regularly normal episode next week. It'll be week. weekly? Yeah. yeah next yeah. week. Okay, So yeah. we're back to weekly content. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, um, Christopher, thanks. for missing the show. Yes, thank you, uh, Christopher, and the other two of you uh, who missed the show. We appreciate it, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs>